0: What up, what up, y'all? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nitz, who is very, very, very passionate about the more. Experiencing the more in our relationship with God. Not stopping at the sweetness of the gospel, of salvation, of making our life more like Christ, but pushing in even further to enjoying this closeness and this time with God, this growing deeper, more with Him. That's what the podcast is about, and this week, I'm talking all about becoming hungry for God. I've used the phrase, if you're not at the spot where you want to spend time with God or you want more of God, at least try to get to the spot where you want to want more of God. And today I will be diving all into what that means, what that looked for me. And I'm so pumped you're here. Here we go. So, when I started this podcast, I did it in the typical Hannah fashion, which is with a lot of excitement, a lot of ideas, and very little planning. Which just means I didn't start with a master plan or a list of episodes. I just kind of dove in because I was doing this teaching on Moody Radio Cleveland and I wanted more people to hear about the more with God. So I ended up uploading my conversations on the radio online and turned them into a podcast. Um, but I never really did much of a story of how I got to this spot, of how I went from being a believer my whole life and the past 10 years than as an adult being a Christian who loved the Lord to this person now who is in love and like 10 out of 10 excited about spending time with God, like experiencing the more in my relationship with him. So this episode isn't supposed to be the story of Hannah or all about me But I just want to share from my perspective, um, and maybe this would have been helpful as like (laughs) an episode one (laughs) of what it looked like in my life to become hungry for God, what it looked like for me as a believer to step into the more. So friend, as you're listening, my hope and prayer is that you will start to ask and have the same conversation with God of God. How can I step into the more with you? God, will you draw me into this deeper, more personal, interactive relationship with you? Um, So yeah, so I'm just going to kind of tell that story and what God did over the last two years in becoming hungry for him. So it feels weird to know where to start with that story, but I guess the simplest start is that I've believed in Jesus my whole life. There have been times where I was more or less into it. If you've grown up in the church, I'm sure you can relate to that. More um, committed to going to church or more into, you know, spending time with God or swearing less, you know. But God's always been at the center of my life. Like God has been my savior. He's been my worldview, my role model, my decision maker, my truth Uh, I've talked before about pretty much everything I did in my first 30 years of life was really filtered through what would Jesus do. Like I wanted everything in my life to be one of service, one really for the kingdom and one for Jesus. When you think about just day to day, the incredible sacrifice that God gave, when you think of the truth of the gospel of We do nothing, God does everything. When you think of the story of the cross, like, you're like, what else can I do? Of course, (laughs) my whole life needs to be this intentional giving back for all God did for me. Like, my life honestly has been to do all I can for God. Have I done that perfectly? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Have I done that perfectly? No. And I'm sure if you've listened, if you're listening to this, and you went to high school with me or college with me or church with me, you're like, wait a second, didn't Hannah fool around with that guy a lot in high school? Or like, wait a second, I saw Hannah cheat on a final in college. Like, again, I'm not saying this was done with perfection, but my internal motivation has always been to, like, love and give back for all God's done for me. So that's equated to... 30 years of going to church. When my husband and I got married about a year into our marriage, we started leading a small group at our church. Uh, I worked for a ministry for Authentic Intimacy, which many of you know and love with my girl, Dr. Julie Slattery. Um, Actually, before that, I was a social worker. I worked at a nonprofit in Akron, which was also Christian. I volunteered with nonprofits. Like, I wanted people to know Jesus' death and life. I wanted to use the gifts I had been given um, to give God glory. So turning 30, I was in a great spot. Like I had been in uh, social work for a while. Shout out to my LSWs. I transitioned into marketing and I was doing marketing for Authentic Intimacy for a long time. I then started to transition into more of a marketing consultant where authentic intimacy was still a huge part of my job doing this huge kingdom focused ministry. But then I was working with other nonprofits, other small businesses doing marketing. And I just kept saying, dang, this is amazing. This is what I was meant to do. Like I'm using all the gifts God has given me. I'm creative. I think in marketing. I talk in marketing. This is awesome. And I had that like fluttering feeling in my soul that I was doing what was right. Like I was serving God. I was serving. I was connecting. I was helping. God's work. What a joy. Truly. Um, Can you hear how the story is about to turn? <laughs> that's the setup. But that's that's where I was. All right. For 30 years. So when I turned 30, uh, two weeks before I turned 30, I had my first son. I had Harvey. And I just couldn't keep up. I think a lot of first-time parents can relate to that feeling. Uh, I was very busy running my empire, volunteering, doing kingdom work, all that I can, building my own business as much as I can, being very involved. The back of my phone case at this time in my life said, I am very busy. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, I was proud of my Christian busyness to a very high degree Um, and yeah when I had Harvey y'all I couldn't keep up like it was hard to work as hard as I was when I was needed by my newborn as my perspective was always on like I need to serve God with all I have because of all he's done for me Having a kid feels confusing because I had to step back from kingdom changing things to do what felt um, like kind of meaningless. You know, the diapers, the feeding, the child care, all of that is just, it's a weird adjustment. So Harvey was born in July. January 2019 was the absolute worst. He was six months old at this point and I was always crying. <laughs> I was always mad. I felt like I had no control over my life and schedule. Being a mom was demanding. Working for all my clients was demanding. I wasn't doing anything well. I was half in everywhere. And my relationship with God was honestly like non-existent. I loved him. I tried to go to church every once in a while with this baby. But I really wasn't praying. I really wasn't interacting with God much And I was really confused on who I was and who God was at this point, because everything that I had known and these markers that I had for my relationship with God, like being involved in a church, being involved in community and serving God were all gone. So I really didn't know what my relationship with God was anymore. If it wasn't in the community and it wasn't in the doing, what was it? So around this time, I vocalized to my girl, Noelle Beck, just in a bad spot spiritually and really struggling. She made me go away on this retreat. And on this retreat, I started journaling a lot of these things to God. It was just 24 hours alone with God, with no distractions, to-do list, people who needed me, no baby. And man, during this time, I really got ugly honest You know that term, just like so honest, it's ugly about how insignificant I felt, how I felt my life and everything that I had been working towards was gone, that I felt like spiritually all these things that God had gifted me in, I couldn't use anymore. And it just it was just confusing. And honestly, in that 24 hours, God started to teach me some really cool things. I read this book called um, Theology of the Ordinary. And it really started to shift my perspective just a little bit on the ordinary life and not focusing so much on doing radical things for God, which had essentially been my whole life. So I come away from the street and I'm like, all right, God, I'm starting to get some clarity. I don't need to hustle so hard to please you. I'm going to back away from one of my largest clients, which was this baller startup in Cleveland. Um, And really just focus on ministry work and taking care of my baby. So the retreat was on the weekend. I quit that really huge client on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday, I go out to lunch with Julie Slattery, my cousin, love of my life, my boss for Authentic Intimacy. And excitedly start to tell her all about what happened, all about this retreat. She knew that I was struggling post having Harvey with everything and with God. And I was just amped about it. So I'm sitting telling her all this, telling her I backed um, out of the contract I had with this other client and I can just focus on authentic intimacy and all these things God's teaching me. Uh, And during that lunch, Julie... Uh, said to me, you know what, Hannah, I, I actually think that your time at Authentic Intimacy is coming to an end. Um, I don't know if I really remember the rest of that lunch. I think because I started crying and I stormed out of the building, um, I went in my car. I didn't want to go home because my nanny was there and I didn't want to tell her that she was now fired because I just lost my job I didn't want to go to my parents house because I didn't want to talk about it um and if this isn't like the most like (laughs) depressing thing you've ever heard I literally drove to a McDonald's I'm pretty sure I ordered a Big Mac I laid in my back seat and I ate it and I cried um the last thing that, like, I had been holding on to about, like, what I was doing for God and something in my life that mattered, which was, like, the ministry work of Authentic Intimacy, was gone. And it was, like, what's happening, God? Like, I have no job. I have no income. I have no way to use these gifts that, like, Everyone in my life has always told me that I have these gifts and God's given me these gifts to do his work. Like, if I wasn't already confused, this really threw me for a loop. Like, wasn't the point of life about serving God and doing things for the kingdom? I was helping people hear about Jesus. How could God's plan be for me to sit at home, unemployed, caring for my baby, like, Why would God make everything stop? Why, when I'm finally seeking Him intentionally, would He pull this last thing out for me? Like, I was confused on who I was, and I was confused on what mattered to God. I do want to add before I move on too far that um, I now look back on this as the thing God used to draw me closer. And to change my life and radically shift my interaction with God to experience the more. So, spoiler alert, <laughs> that's the ending of this story. And at the time when I left there with Julie, feeling like my mentor of 20 years had betrayed me and how dare she. And like, doesn't she know all I've done for the Ministry of Authentic Intimacy? It's pretty wild because... um I now am still with Julie all the time and just for the record at the one year anniversary of when she let me go I actually sent her a thank you gift to like mark the day. So if that gives any indication of like my thankfulness for her towards that. Um, But when her and I have now talked and looked back on that moment Julie's told me that she knew that God was telling her to let me go and she told me later I knew that if I kept you on staff, it would be disobedient to what God had told me. Which, that should be a whole nother <laughs> podcast episode. Like, oh my goodness, the bravery and just beauty and obedience of that, that Julie followed, knowing that it would harm or hurt me at the moment, and that it would risk my trust of her, is just insane. So, anyway we good now (laughs) I still recommend and love authentic intimacy and Julie Slattery more than most people on the planet but but back to the the story so I'm I don't feel any of those emotions yet I am like rock bottom in confusion frustration at God and just a complete crushingness of number one who I am like what my identity is Uh, If I'm not doing things for God and number two who God is because the whole understanding I had was like he gives me this freedom this forgiveness the gospel and in exchange I give my whole life for him. So this was early 2019 and around this just pit of confusion I was in I started to see people posting about Lent and saying that for 40 days they were going to fast from something to intentionally spend time with God so at the time I had been listening to an outrageous amount of pop culture podcasts and tv shows and just all these kind of pointless you know entertaining things that I liked so I asked this question of what if instead of watching these shows listening to these podcasts you know I got Bravo and Kardashians and the bachelorette, just all that stuff. What if instead I sought God and I spent time with him intentionally for 40 days? Uh I I had never really spent time with God regularly. I was more focused on the doing, what I was talking about earlier. I have always been focused on doing things for God, not just sitting and reading. Like who has time for that and what is that accomplishing? I know the story of Jesus, I know what the Bible says, I know that alone time with God or quiet time was encouraged, but I always thought it was kind of boring or obligatory. Going into these 40 days, I was really asking God that it would feel different, but I was skeptical. Um, But I was so desperate to know what God was up to and why my life sucked so bad that I was willing to try anything. So I was like, maybe at the end of these 40 days, I'm going to get this sweet job offer, Like, he's gonna show me how to start a ministry or something that's meaningful and get back to serving him. So, day after day, I would sit down and I read through this book called A Call to Die. It was just like a 40 day devotional, but my focus was really fasting from pop culture and feasting on God. So, I would go through this devotional, I'd pick up my Bible, read a few verses that were mentioned. And I think it was honestly the first time in my life that I actually, for 40 days in a row, spent time with God, not for the sake of leading or doing or learning, but just like to get to know God. But during this time, God taught me this game changing concept of being hungry and thirsty for God, not for serving, not for biblical community, not for Christian friends, Not for ministry work or making a life that is impactful. Just for God. Being hungry and thirsty for God. One of the days of this study mentioned Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The author opened with saying something like this. uh, You are at the banquet table of God's presence and his truth. But too often, you're so full of junk that you're not hungry. In actuality, spiritually, you're starving to death and you've settled for garbage instead of feasting on the nourishment God richly provides. Friends, at this point, my life was always fun. My schedule was always full. My commitments to serve and give were plentiful. I had for my entire life filled my stuff with the Christian stuff, Christian sermons, Christian friends, Christian podcasts, Christian books. So I was never hungry. I've discussed this on the podcast so many times because it's mind-blowing. And friend, this is all the point of this story about becoming hungry for God because I know this is your story, sweet friend. Like Many of you listening, this has been your story. Like, if you look at your calendar and how you spent your time, people would know you're a Christian. (laughs) Like, But it turns out you can be missing out on the most important thing, which is time with God, not for God. Man, I wasn't hungry for him because my life was full with enjoyment and Christian stuff. But when I took pop culture out of my life... My business and marketing work and ministry work and volunteering was taken out of my life, and I purposefully started eating time with God instead. I began to understand for the first time ever what it could mean to be hungry for God. I was reading my Bible and enjoying it. I was spending time with God. I was praying and wanting to hear from God, and I wanted freaking more. I wanted as much as I could get of it because it was so good and i had no idea i have given this analogy countless times to people i'm talking to because um god just painted such a visual picture in my mind of the shift in my relationship with god so in 2020 i was on this all-inclusive uh vacation with my husband's family Believe it or not, it was like a few weeks before COVID hit America. (laughs) So we were traveling just with unabandoned excitement and had no fears. You know, hopefully that happens at some point in our lives again. And uh, we're at this resort. We're there with Caleb's um, siblings, his dad and all the nieces and nephews. It was really sweet time. And one night, Caleb uh, and I were sitting out in the hot tub, just the two of us. And I'm looking out and I see the palm trees and the pool and the beach over by the side and just this beautiful view as I'm drinking free champagne. And I said to Caleb, this resort reminds me of my relationship with God, which Caleb immediately was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, you know, you know, the lobby of this resort, how it's just, beautiful. Like when you walk into the lobby to register, you're like, where am I? Like it is huge. And it's one of those buildings that it's a building, but you know, when it's in a warm country, how they don't have any walls, like it's essentially like a giant pavilion kind of, but bigger than, you know, any house anyone here has ever lived in. And it has waterfalls in it and these Big, bougie furniture and fresh hot chocolate chip cookies on the counter and this cute little drink um, receptacle things with lemonade in it and live music playing and these giant fans and these beautiful curtains hanging. And it's like, dang, this lobby is legit. But for the past 30 years of my life, I was in that lobby with my relationship with God and I thought that's all there was. Like, could you imagine if I went to this all-inclusive vacation and I never left the lobby? (laughs) Like, I thought that was so nice, and I was like, no, I'm good, and I didn't know that the whole resort is like a hundred times cooler than the lobby. Like, there's pools, and there's full buffets of any food, not just chocolate chip cookies, and there's an Ocean, and there's entertainment, and there's an incredible room with a comfy bed, and there's activities to do, and like there's so much more than the lobby. But in my relationship with God, I had been in the lobby, I didn't know there was more. And that lobby was I mean, I was saved, I believed in God, I loved God. But the lobby was going to church, reading Christian books, having a Christian worldview, making my life like Christ, serving him, doing for him, small group, biblical community. It's things of God and it's good things. The lobby is good, but there's more. And that's the more that I started to experience with God when my identity crashed when my serving for God was taken away, when everything about what I did and what I believed in God was shifting, it was like, man, yes, doing things for God is great. Having my life and a worldview like God is great, but I need to leave the lobby, which is engaging God. Engaging him in this one-on-one interactive relationship With the creator of all things. And that's why this podcast (laughs) exists. Because there's so much more than I thought. Like, there's fulfillment. There's a deeper joy. There's a deeper purpose in life. More than the doing and the serving and the giving and the getting in small groups and the biblical community. Like, leaving the lobby, I learned that my relationship with God just isn't about salvation, the gift of the gospel, and then telling other people about the gospel. It's actually experiencing eternal life, Zoe, this goodness, deep, fulfilling life here on earth right now. And it's like as I took all of these things out of my heart and my soul and my calendar that had been competing for my attention, and desire, even though they were good things. Instead of striving for the things of God and doing things for Him, my soul began to learn how to hunger and thirst just for God. Having this meaningful time connected to Him every day that no one else really knows about or sees, but it is like the fuel for the greatest thing on earth. And um, I honestly, like, my favorite thing to do in life now is to talk to men and women I love or men and women I just meet and say, like, do you know about the more? Because if you've been a Christian your whole life, it's possible That you may view God the way I did, which is still good and you're still going to heaven (laughs) and you're still experiencing salvation and a lot of good things about God. But experiencing this more, leaving the lobby, delighting in alone time with God, do you know how good that could be? And that's why Jesus came, to restore our relationship with God, which happened through his death, which happened through forgiving our sin. But that's even the, the purpose of heaven. It's not this reward of good things and golden streets and big houses and I hope they have my favorite kind of food in heaven. It's uninterrupted time with God it's the relationship with God fulfilled and we right now have access to that on earth with our relationship with God when Jesus came that's what he came to give and man sometimes I was just so focused on the salvation and making sure other people know about the salvation and like don't get me wrong that is that is a huge (laughs) part of it But it doesn't stop there, friends. There's more. One of the things that Noelle describes this more as is she says it's experiencing the fullness of God. Like you can be a believer your whole life and you never leave the lobby. And there's many men and women, wonderful Christians who have done that and still live these beautiful lives. But there's a fullness of God that we can experience and man when I read this in Ephesians 3 um, Paul is praying the um, title of the section says prayers for spiritual strength and Paul says that he's praying starting in verse 16 that according to the riches of God's glory he will grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit so that Christ will dwell in your hearts and that you being rooted and grounded in love, here we go, verse 18, may have the strength to comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. All the fullness of God. Like experiencing all there is to God and all that means for us. This is the more. And friend, that's what you're invited to. I know that for many of you who listen to the There's More podcast, you've tasted that. And you get so excited about that. And spending time with God is like you delight in him and in his presence and in walking with him. And I celebrate with you in that. But I also know that there are some of you friends who are still in the lobby, and the lobby is great. I know, I've seen the waterfalls and the blowy curtains and the warm chocolate chip cookies. But friend, step out of the resort. There's more. When you start asking and saying to God, God, make me hungry for you. In the same way when I wake up that my stomach hungers for breakfast, And my mind tells me I need coffee. Make my soul growl for you. Like fill me with a hunger. And y'all, that is the whole reason that I'm on here yelling on the mic. Because my daily prayer is that you, dear listener, will grow more and more and more hungry for God. And whether you've been a believer for a few days or a few decades, there's more. There's more to experience in God I had no idea. Like, I haven't even arrived. You know what's crazy? I just started reading this book called Stages of the Soul by Nancy Kane. And she essentially talks through these five stages that, as a believer grows in their relationship with God, they would go through these five stages of their relationship with him. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, my word. This whole story I just told on this episode was me leaving stage two and entering stage three, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) Like, as I read this book, it is describing exactly this more. And I'm like, wait a second, there's two more stages? Like, I'm just at the beginning of stage three of the goodness and awesomeness and joy of God. There's even more Oh, it's the most exciting adventure in the world. It's literally the coolest. And I just want you um, to begin to taste that of becoming hungry for God. God, I want to pray for the listeners, for the men and women who are listening to this episode and starting to process and ask this question of the more. God, God. Would you just radically give people a hunger for you? Lord, would you draw them into more of who you are? Over and over in scripture, I keep seeing this initiation, this drawing, this calling of your people to the more. And Father, that is what we want here. Lord, would you just help our listeners have practical steps on what this looks like to engage you, to want this, to draw into this, um, whether that's through a 40-day fast, whether that's through seeking you in a new way. God, whatever that looks like, would you just through the sweetness of your Holy Spirit, show that to my friends who are listening. God, we want more of you. Friends, thanks for joining me this week for the There's More podcast podcast. I would love to hear from you, hear more of your story of becoming hungry for God or questions you have about that. Just head to Hananits.com, click on Say Hello at the top, or you can find us on Facebook. Just head over to Facebook, type in There's More Podcast. You'll see the cute light bulb logo and all these episodes. So would love to have you join. Have you heard the news? Do you know it? Have you heard it? <laughs> Because the best thing on the planet is available. This beauty and growth of something deeper with you and God. Friend, there is more.